So where can you purchase eco-friendly fashion items from t-shirts to coats, wallets to duffel bags, and everything in between? GrapeCat.com. Better than an online shopping mall, GrapeCat.com is an online vegan retail store whose brands cause the least impact on your budget and the environment. If you believe we all should dress compassionately, visit GrapeCat.com. That's G-R-A-P-E-C-A-T.com. Hi, this is James Lucas, and this is a vegan fashion and business podcast. Creating a vision, seeking our passion. Great cat, compassion, fashion. Made in the US, eco friendly. High quality without getting all spendy. We create the best, bringing it to you. Shirts, coats, wallets, everything we do. Dress with compassion, we're a vegan store. Grapecat.com for more. Hi, I'm James Lucas of Grape Cat. More and more conscientious consumers are looking for earth-friendly clothing and accessories that help reduce their carbon footprint. At Grape Cat, we make it a lot easier for our customers to find what they are looking for all in one place. We do extensive research and bring high-quality animal and environmentally friendly products to you through our online store. If you're looking for products that make a difference, visit GrapeCat.com today. On today's podcast, I talked to Lois Eastland fashion designer and co-founder of La Fashionista Compassionista. Lois explains why leggings are not pants and the disconnect of wearing leather while protesting fur. Here is Lois. How did you get started in fashion? Ah, uh, good question. <laughs> um, basically, I was born in fashion. Um, it, it's, when I was little, uh, my mom said I used to run around and drape things over my head and wear hats, and I was always trying on her clothes. And my mom was a great lover of fashion, so I think I was just born with some kind of, you know, fashion sense in me. Um, I was playing with Barbies, and instead of, you know, actually playing with them, I would design clothes for them and have Barbie fashion shows, um, you know, that kind of thing. So I've just always done it. Um, When I was very little, I was very skinny, and my mom had to make my clothes because no clothes would fit me in the store. So, you know, that there's that kind of background. She was already, like, creating clothes for me. I was creating clothes for myself and for my dolls. And when I was 11, somebody told me about FIT, Fashion Institute of Technology in New York City. And I decided, well, that's it. That's where I'm going. So that's what I did. <laughs> I graduated school, you know, high school. I went to FIT. I got my degree in fashion design. And at that time, you know, nobody I know wanted to be a designer. There was no project runway. It was not, you know, like everyone wants to be a designer now. Nobody even knew what it was. But um, it's just something that I wanted to do. And, you know, I went to FIT. Like I said, I graduated and, and then I got a job in the industry right away. It was it was it was a whole different ball game back then. Like I said, there weren't as many people competing for jobs because nobody really wanted to do that. And I got into the industry as a like an assistant and I I grew up the ladder very quickly due to many circumstances, luck, talent, whatever, just I was in the right place at the right time. And I worked in the industry for a long time, designing menswear, women's wear, children's wear, tween clothing, all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, that's how I got into it. And then I never left. Who has had a tremendous impact on you? I'd have to say my parents. Um, My mom, on one hand, was very fashionable and she 
I got the creativity as far as fashion from her. And my dad was a carpenter uh, and a little bit of an artist. So he also had that creative, like building, designing, creating things. And my dad especially, he just let me be. You know, he let I needed a lot of um, alone time as a kid to draw or paint or whatever I was doing. And he just always let me have that time to myself. And both my parents encouraged my creativity. They, you know, they were behind me going to, you know, an arts, quote unquote, art school, um, where, you know, not a lot of parents don't really encourage their children to go into a field where they don't think they're going to have a career. So um, I was very lucky that I, I'd have to say them, my parents. What's the biggest lesson you've learned about fashion? One size does not fit all. Everybody has different style. Um, uh, the industry, you know, they dictate what you should be wearing and trends, but really you have to follow your own thing. You have to have your own style. You just have to be true to yourself. You, you, you shouldn't listen to other people, but it's just that it's an industry like everything else. People are trying to make money and they're trying to push things on you that maybe you don't need or you don't want. And really, you know, it's, it's a money-making industry for good or for bad. Um, and you really need to just be true to yourself and, and follow your own path. What do you wish you knew before starting your business? That I needed a lot more money. <laughs> Honestly, I, I kind of like the fact that I went into, you know, after working in the industry um, and, you know, working for other people and making a good amount of money and then going into my own business, you know, kind of blind where I didn't really know what I was doing. Honestly, I kind of like that approach that I didn't know where I, what I was doing because I think that you kind of learn on your feet. And if you knew everything, if I knew everything beforehand, I might not have done what I did. I guess what I wish I knew was that I'm, I'm glad that I didn't know, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Because I know a lot of people need to have a very clear path. Um, and I had goals that I wanted to meet, but not knowing, I think, kind of helped me. Do you find it made you more creative? Um, yes, absolutely. It makes you more creative because you have to figure out, I'm sure as you well know, how to do everything by yourself. You have to learn tasks that you never thought you'd do. You have to, you know, learn how to, you know, do your finances on your own until you can afford to hire people. So, yeah, it would be great if you had a lot of money, um, but... I think it lets you be more creative because you really have to learn how to do multitask and do a lot of things. We watch Project okay. Runway and we've we've noticed that the really good designers have the whole toolbox. They know how to make the the patterns, they know how to make the designs and I I think you're right that that does help make it easier cuz you can tell the ones that know how to do a pattern and so they can whip yeah. out an outfit in an hour where the ones that are trying to fight through that really have to, it takes them three or four times as long to do something. Yeah. Now, one of the things about that show that I don't like, I mean, I love the show, obviously. It's one of my favorite shows, is it's kind of, if you're working for other people, you don't really need to know how to do that stuff. You don't need to know how to sew or how to make a pattern. Um because when I worked for other people, I never had to do that. I knew how to do it because that's what you learn in school because you need to learn how, you know, how garments are created. But you do need to know all that if, 
you know, how to do that if you're starting your own business. So that's, you know, they, they kind of play loose, loose with that. Because if you do get a job in the industry, you don't have to know how to do that because there are pattern makers and there are drapers and there are sketchers and, and sewers that you don't do that. Um, of course, I do that because I'm, you know, have my own business. But when I worked for other people, I basically, you know, I designed all day. I sketched and picked out fabrics. It was fabulous. <laughs> um, but, you know, it wasn't my own. So I wasn't, you know, whatever. But but yes, you are correct. The people who come out with the best garments and they're, they'll probably be the most successful on their own. The other people will probably be successful working for other people. What keeps you interested in fashion? Oh, I don't know. I, it's, it's funny. I've really never done anything else other than fashion. I just keep coming back. It's just, it's just something that's in me. And I, I just love helping women or men in, you know, put on a dress or, you know, feel good about themselves. And I, it's kind of like an, uh, a, you know, an expression of art. It's just it makes me feel good to see other people happy and happy about themselves and how they look and how good, you know, clothing makes them feel. So maybe that's what keeps me in. And I guess it, yeah, it's kind of like an art ex- expression of art. What drives you mad about fashion? Well, there's the whole leather and fur industry that drives me <laughs> a little bit mad. Um, and that people still think, you know, equate leather with high quality where to me, it's like, oh, it's like, oh, they're like, oh, it's not leather. It's not good. No, it's, it's not good because it's leather. Um, that really drives me mad that people really think that taking something that's not theirs and wearing it on their body is, is high fashion where I, I I'm, I'm hoping that we're going to see in our lifetimes, we're going to see that shift where it's looked down upon and not looked up upon. So that really, that drives me mad. And also leggings as pants. <laughs> explain, that biggest- explain that one then. Um, leggings are not pants. Leggings are something to wear with a tunic, a long top, or to the gym. If you're going to the gym and you have sneakers on, you could walk around with leggings as pants. If you are running, you could do that. If you're dressing up to go out, leggings are not pants and your ass should be covered because no one wants to see that. That's all I <laughs> That's my biggest fashion pet peeve. So. <laughs> I like it. I, I, I mean, as a guy, you know, and not really in fashion, I didn't look at it that way. But I can see that how that's a good point of view. Yeah, it, it's like walk. It's like to me, especially today, the quality of leggings is not as good as in the old days when they first came out. They were much thicker. You could kind of see through them, <laughs> so. You know, it's like women walking around with pants on. That basically, it's you're naked. Stop it. Cover your ass. Before you went vegan, did you wear leather or fur? Unfortunately, leather was always thought to be very cool and rock and roll. Um, So I did wear lots of leather. I I made myself leather pants, and I had red leather pants. I had black leather pants, but fur I never wore, and. It's funny that you just don't see the disconnect. So um, one of the reasons, you know, when I was little, my mom had some fur stoles or whatever, you know, thought they were, you know, they were very like high end or, you know, very on trend for that time and a status symbol. When I was in my 20s, um, my best friend and I went to see this 
um, like a, a movie thing about the like the best commercials, award-winning commercials. It was, it was you know, I don't know what I don't know what it was called. It was like a special thing. They were showing the best commercials, and there was one commercial about it was an anti-fur commercial, and it showed a dead animal laying on the ground with like the flies buzzing around it, like a maybe it was like a fox or you know some it's animal with fur, and then it showed a woman wearing a fur coat with the flies buzzing around her and it says, what's the difference? And that hit me so hard that, oh my God, it's so disgusting to wear fur. You're walking around with a dead animal. But so for some reason, I never made the connection that you're wearing leather, you're still walking around with a skin. It just doesn't have any fur on it. It's interesting to me how people just don't make that connection. And then so after I went vegan, I immediately, and I have, I can't even tell you how many leather gloves I had, leather coat. I, I have a whole, and I still have it. I don't wear them. I have a whole storage unit filled with vintage leather coats that I have collected and curated over the past years because I, you know, I was very into the retro style. So I have all these coats. I stopped wearing them. I got rid of all my leather shoes, bags, gloves. Um, because I would not wear them anymore. Um, there are people that continue to wear their leather until they, until it wears out, which, you know, I think that's a personal choice as long as they're not, you know, buying anymore. So I still have all my vintage leather coats that I have collected over the years in my storage unit. And I am finally now after not wearing them for, you know, almost five years and not seeing them, um, to get rid of them. Um, but I did stop wearing leather the minute I went vegan, but it's just funny, not funny. It's kind of sad to me that I just did not make the connection earlier when I stopped wearing, when I, I never wore fur, but I just was so anti fur, but I still wore leather. And I think that's, that's an important connection that people need to realize that, you know, you're a protester and if you're an anti fur person, but you're not vegan, how is that any different? Where do your great fashion ideas come from? Everywhere. Music. I mean, obviously, I'm. if you've seen my clothing line, I'm mostly influenced by the mod 60s and the punk 80s as far as the actual where the influence comes in. But, you know, I people on the street, music, you know, going art, going to museums, everything I see influences me. It's kind of like my head is a blender pour it all in and to make a smoothie and you know what comes out but the main influence is definitely the mod 60s and the punk 80s that's where I get my most influence from and then I take all the things around me and then that goes in with that and then whatever comes out when and why did you become vegan so growing up um I grew up in New Jersey and we had a big garden, uh, a huge garden uh, in, in our backyard. So everything that you could grow in New Jersey, fruit, vegetable, we had. So I grew up eating tremendous amounts of, you know, fruits, vegetables, salads. Uh, yes, I did eat meat. I never really liked it, though. So that was a small portion of my eating. Um, and I think in my 20s, I stopped eating meat altogether, even though I was still eating a little, you know, fish and chicken and turkey and whatever. Uh, in May 2011, I was invited to an early screening of Forks Over Knives. And I took my best friend. 
And we watched that movie. And the next day, I was vegan. <laughs> so that was it. Basically seeing what eating animal products does to your body scared the living daylights out of me. And I did not want to do that. I've always been very healthy. I have not been sick uh, since I was 25 years old, um, which is quite a while ago. <laughs> and um, I wanted to continue on that path of being healthy. And so that's that was my turning point. Of course, obviously going into it for health reasons was, you know, fantastic. But once you get more into it and you learn more about it and you do more research, you see that obviously it benefits the animals and the environment. So even though I went into it, you know, for health reasons and my health has continued to be fantastic. I still have not gotten sick. Um, you know, I'm happy to to be vegan for the animals and the environment in addition to my health. You went into it, you just cut off everything or did you slowly move Yeah. Um, well, the meat, that was it, the meat. I did have a couple of slices of Swiss cheese in my refrigerator, which I ate. And then that was it. I, it was complete. I'm very... Um, uh, uh, strong-willed when it comes to making a decision. If I decide to do something, then I'm in. Uh, like I said, I haven't been, wasn't really eating a lot of meat, uh, so that was very easy to get rid of. Uh, yes, I loved cheese, uh, but I, I was not a big fan of milk. Uh, I didn't really drink milk growing up. My mother did not like milk, so I was never forced to drink milk, so therefore I did not because I thought it was gross um so the cheese was a little hard but like i said i had a couple slices of swiss cheese in the refrigerator i finished that and that was it because the thought of putting that in my body after that was just just disgusting why did you start it's la fashionista compassionista right yeah la fashionista compassionista i met um my co-editor adrian borgerson uh on facebook on a on a vegan page or something i, I don't remember the exact details but we you know we chatted a little bit and then we met you know in real life <laughs> and uh, we found out we had uh, so many things in common um kind of similar backgrounds growing up, even though she grew up in Queens and I grew up in New Jersey. I went into the fashion industry. She was in the music industry and then transitioned into fashion because she became an image consultant. And we, you know, really wanted to, to work together and do some kind of project together to show people how you can be fashionable and, you know, be vegan. And, and you know, there's, there's no... There's really no reason why you can't be, you know, super fashionista while, uh, you know, not wearing animal products. So um, we tried to figure out what we could do together as a project. And first we decided we were going to do like a, a web series, like a web blog or a vlog or whatever you call it. So we we did a few test tapes and we <laughs> that really didn't work out very well. Um, and then we decided um, to do the seed festival. We had put together a pamphlet on how to be a fashionista compassionista, um, which was more um, came more from Adrian's side because as an image consultant, she had kind of had started doing something like that. And so we put together this pamphlet. We did the seed festival in um, a couple of summers ago. And we had a lot of people interested and we got people to sign up and we were creating an email list and we're like, well now, now what are we going to do? How are we going to go forward with this? And so we brainstormed and we're, we decided maybe we should write a book, but then if it's a book about vegan fashion, you know, trends come and go. The minute we put the book out, there'll be new stuff to talk about. 
you know. Um, and plus, who's going to buy a book from us? We, you know, who are we? We weren't really anybody. So we decided, let's do a magazine. I don't, <laughs> and then we just, we, it, a month later, we had a magazine. It was just crazy. It just happened all fast, and we just put it together, like, immediately. So the last issue was the holiday issue, and uh, Laura Theodore, the jazzy vegetarian, was on the cover. Um, and so um, we featured her, and she talked about her recipes and, and her web series. And we had a really good stuff on pet fashion and tech fashion. And um, we have um, a, a video series. Uh, I'm sorry, no. We have a contributor who does a video series on, like, eating and recipes um called the holistic homie and so we have a recipe like a holiday drink recipe in there that's good for you like beauty from the inside out um so we that's the type of things that you know we feature and they're they're kind of standard in every issue now um you know pet fashion what's new in tech and fashion um you know beauty from the inside out you know cosmetics those type of things and the subscription's free still right it's a free subscription. It comes out four times a year. Um, you can go to um, www.lafcnyc um, and sign up for free. Yeah. What has been your biggest struggle? Working for yourself. Um, you don't really get paid. <laughs> so it's continuing to do what I love and try to, you know, make a living doing it. Um, I had a store um, a few years ago on the Lower East Side um, for almost five years. And it was a, it was great when I started the industry, the economy was kind of good when it, when it opened and, you know, the economy kind of went downhill as, as time went by. And so it was more of a struggle to keep the store open and eventually I had to close it. Um, So I guess money is the biggest struggle, you know, trying to, to stay true to what you love, stay true to your values, and, you know, make money doing it. What has been your biggest victory? Realizing how important it is to be vegan by going vegan. How how that would be... If you would have told me 20 years ago or however many years ago or my teenage self that one day that I would... I don't know, be vegan, I probably would have laughed. <laughs> that I would be super healthy, that I'd be exercising every day. Uh, so I think that my biggest victory is realizing the importance of being vegan for the animals, the the planet, and myself. What is a book or movie you would suggest for someone wanting to be vegan? Well, there's different ways you could, um, you could attack it. I think that if the person is... Con- is interested in their health then you recommend forks over knives if they're interested in the environment i would say cowspiracy and if they're interested in animals uh speciesism um those would be actually i would recommend all three but i would start with whatever they were interested in so if it's health i'd go you know forks over knives uh cowspiracy speciesism if it's environment start out with cowspiracy and then go to forks over knives and then speciesism if it's the animals then species you know that kind of thing so those those would be my top three what are you grateful for well every day that i wake up and i'm alive i'm grateful for that that uh, i'm alive i have a roof over my head uh i live in the greatest city in the world that i think i'm biased a little bit that i live in new york city but um mostly because my mom who just turned 92 this past week is still alive and that she's in good health and that i have her still so what is the best way for people to contact you you can 
follow me on Instagram at Lois Eastland. You could follow me on Twitter at Lois Eastland. You could find me on Facebook, Lois Eastland, or you could email me at Lois Eastland at AOL.com. And it's L-O-I-S-E-A-S-T-L-U-N-D. Great. Thank you. Thank you, James. Thank you for listening to the Grape Cat Vegan Fashion and Business Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can find the show notes at grapecat.com. Do us a favor before you go, please take a few seconds to rate this podcast. It is a key way to get this podcast higher in the ranks, which will make it more accessible to people who truly need this information. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that. Make sure you never miss a future episode of this podcast by subscribing. If you have any questions or guest ideas, please send them to podcast at grapecat.com. Thank you for dressing compassionately. Creating a vision, seeking our passion. Great cat, compassion, fashion. Made in the US, eco friendly. High quality without getting all spendy. We create the best, bringing it to you. Shirts, coats, wallets, everything we do. Dress with compassion, we're a vegan store. Grapecat.com for more.